2023. Praise the Lord, we're here. I'm always a little bit sad when I start taking down Christmas decorations. And the way I get through it is I begin to focus on what's in front of me. And it's amazing what happens when we get focused on what's behind us and how easily depression and stuff can come in. But when we start focusing on the goodness of God in the land where we're at and where we're going, it shifts something. So that's how I get through the Christmas blues. I start thinking about the things I want to see in God in the days ahead, and it helps me. So um, a couple things. Let's see if I can remember them. Uh, One is, just so you guys know, we have a Hispanic church, not not we as in it's under our umbrella, but there's a Hispanic church that started renting our building, and they're going to be using the church on Wednesdays and Saturday nights. So... um, think if you think about them pray for them it's a new church it's a church plant um uh so um you know we'll see how this works out uh we feel like it i felt like it was the the lord to uh give this a shot and uh so the team did the whole team did we prayed about it talked about it and uh, it'll help out with you know a little bit of income but it also bless a church that would you know would otherwise not have a place to meet so if you see a Hispanic congregation or some people coming through the church on different days, that's what that's about. So, um, man, I felt like there was something else that I was going to say as an announcement that I, for the life of me, has just, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. The guy, I can tell you the, the name of the guy that is pastoring it is Minor. I don't even know his last name. Uh but he does trim for me uh, in, in my construction company. He's my trim subcontractor. So, um, matter of fact, I met him in Shalot on a job. Somebody had given me his name, and I had a word for him. And I started sharing the Lord, with, you know, talking to him about the Lord. And we just, he had started telling me how he had come back to the Lord and this and that. And, um, and here, you know, a year and a half, two years later, it's just funny how life works. You know, he's renting our building, so it's pretty cool. But um, <clears throat> happy new year. I hope uh, y'all are faring better than me after last night. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm under a sugar coma. I woke up with a splitting headache and that I can only put off as way too much sugar, uh, which tends to happen with me on New Year's Eve because the desserts are looking really good. And as you can tell, I have a tough time staying away from the sweets. So I'm glad for another reason December's behind us because now I can focus on losing some weight. So um, I'm excited about today um, because there's something I wanted to share with us. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, going to shoot from the hip just by what I've been getting from the Lord. I don't have like notes per se, but um, but I want to talk. Um, glad James is here too, because I may call on you here in a little bit if that's all right. I'm sure it is. Um, but I wanted to um, look at something. I've talked about this before, but how many know that um, when we're dealing with things that we're learning or things that we're seeing? 
it is really helpful in getting something ingrained inside of you to hear it over and over and over and over again. Excuse me. Um, it's not always fun to hear something over and over and over and over again, but that's how it gets ingrained in you, you know? Um, and so we want to get some things ingrained in us. God is, there's two types of Christians. There's Christians that live by revelation and there's Christians that live by their own thinking, their own opinion. We don't want to be those types of people. Christianity is all about revelation from the Father. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter's revelation of who Jesus was, who do men say that I am? Well, some say this, some say that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Some say this, some say that. Who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. You're the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ. And Jesus says, good job, buddy. But that didn't come from you. You got a revelation from heaven. And when Paul talked about the gospel that he preached, he said, I did not learn it from men or was taught it by man, but I received it as a revelation. We need revelation in the church. We need to be people, believers that seek God for revelation. God turning the light bulb that all of a sudden we get insight into something that we didn't have insight before and it came from heaven. It didn't come from us reading something and thinking, well, this is what this means because this is what I think. Because we'll be wrong a lot. You know, God talks about how much higher his ways are than our ways and how his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We don't always think right. That's why the Bible says we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind or the learning how to rethink like he thinks. And the way that happens is through the revelation that comes both through the scriptures, but also, you know, just the Lord speaking to us. But it has to line up with scripture, has to, you know, match his word because God's not... Um, you know, schizophrenic, when, you know, he doesn't say one thing one time and something else some other time. He's consistent. His word always matches himself. <clears throat> so the reason I'm saying that is because we need revelation into who Jesus is. That's why Paul said, I'm praying that you would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation into the knowledge of him. I want all of us this year to have a greater revelation of who he is. I have preached over and over again the importance of seeing Jesus with the eyes of your heart. You got to see him with the eyes of your heart. It's when you see him with the eyes of your heart that we're transformed that it changes us, right? I want to see him. So this year, I've went, I'm going to encourage all you to do this. Um, get some time alone with the Lord. Take your journal. If you don't have a dream journal or, or spiritual journal, get one. It's It's good. It's great to kind of just write down what God's saying to us and, and to kind of, so you can go back and process stuff. It's so helpful for me at times to go back and look at things that God spoke to me in the past that helps me with where I'm at and where I'm going. Um, so if you don't have one, get one and, um, <clears throat> and take some time with the Lord, sit down Ask the Lord what he's wanting to do this year in your life.
and write it down. Also, write down what you want God to do this year. Write it down. So you can track it and see how it's going throughout the week, throughout the, the month, throughout the year. So write down what you, what you want God to do. <clears throat> There's some things I want God to do. One of the things that we've been praying about as a church, and I really want to see this come to another level in 2023, is seeing a healing well established in this church. And so I'm going to start, God willing, I want to start just hammering something over and over and over again and asking the Holy Spirit to breathe on it that he might open up the eyes of our heart that we might see Jesus as he is. Well, one aspect of Jesus is that Jesus is the healer. That's who he is. Faith comes by seeing him. It's not, and I, I got very limited time, and there's something I want to get to, so I don't want to get, I'm going to try to not get sidetracked, because I can do that very easily, as y'all know. Um, <clears throat> but faith is the byproduct of seeing God. When we see him as he, he is, all of a sudden, we can believe in him. You know, faith is a byproduct of seeing the Lord. I've preached that on a couple of messages uh, over the last year or two, that the answer to growing in faith is really seeing the Lord with the eyes of your heart. Because when the veils start coming down and you begin to start seeing the Lord, you, you begin to have faith for things. When you know God is a certain way, it's easier to believe that he's going to do certain things based on who you now see him to be. Does that make sense? If you think, if you think I'm a mean-looking person, which I've gotten that before, it's like if I'm not smiling, they're like, man, you look like you're mad. I'm like, I'm not sorry. I was born that way. <laughs> I can't help it. So you might not come up to me and be very, you know, wanting to have a conversation with me if you don't know me. But as you get to know me and you can look past what you see right here and you get to see my heart, I'm, I'm a happy dude. I like people, you know. I may not smile a lot, but, <laughs> but I may. Uh, but when you get to know me and you begin to see my heart, you have more confidence that maybe, you, you know, that you might want to talk with me. Well, it's the same thing with God. When we start to see how he really is, he, he becomes approachable. He becomes believable. And I don't think that faith really, especially when it comes concerning healing, is really so much an issue of believing God can do something. It's believing that he will do it. Even the devil knows God can do stuff. We, don't, we would never say God can't do something. The whole world is created by his word. But what faith, when it comes to healing, is really related to it's really addressing the heart issue is does God want to heal you? So, in order to tackle this, I think the main way to tackle this message is to let's look at who Jesus is. And I want to read some things. I saw something recently that I've never seen before, which I think is really awesome. I like getting new stuff. I want to share that with you, but I also want to share some stuff that I've shared with you. Um, but Bill Johnson says that Jesus is perfect theology. How many have heard him say that? A few of you. What does he mean by that? 
I agree with that statement. What he means by that is Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father perfectly. He reveals God's heart. Every question that we could possibly have about who God is and what he wants to do, it was revealed when Jesus walked the earth. He revealed God fully and completely. And so the way to see the heart of God and to answer some of the questions, I believe, is by looking at who Jesus is, what he does, how does he act, what does he say. Studying Jesus' life is is the answer to all our questions about who God is. Because if Jesus is this way, God is that way. If Jesus' heart is one way, then God's heart's that way. So the goal is to see Jesus. And if we see him, we'll understand the Father very well, right? Are y'all with me? Okay. All right, so if you got your Bibles, turn to Mark. I love, if if you're turning, um, Mark chapter 5, we're going to start about verse 21. Um, I would like, if God is willing, and I'm sure he is, uh, I would like to spend some time uh, over the next little bit just read, just hammering out what the gospel, what happens in the gospels. We need to base theology and what our belief system is off of what we see in Jesus in the Gospels and not how we, in, we choose to think with our own mind about Jesus based on what we experience in our life. Sometimes your experiences do not line up with what the Word teaches. And, that's a, and we want to address that. But before I address those things, we have to go back and find what the plumb line is. What is the thing that we base everything on? Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation of everything in life. So we have to start with who he is, what he says, and what he does. And then as we have a true understanding of God's heart and who he is, then we can start addressing when things don't appear to line up with what we see in Scripture what we see in him. But if you don't have that understanding and that foundation laid in your heart and in your life about who Jesus is and what his heart is, then your circumstances will be like a thief that will rob you of the very word that is set there to save you, to help you, to rescue you. Does that make sense? If I thought I could repeat that, I would repeat it, but I can't remember what I said exactly. Uh, but it sounded right. Um, we need to see Jesus. All right. Verse 21. When Jesus had crossed over again into the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and so he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and seeing him, fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter's at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and and pressing in on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years. Okay, this is a woman. She's bleeding internally for 12 years. How many have bled internally? Okay, that's not a good thing. 
That can kill you. She's been bleeding for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. You ever been in that place where you're trying to, uh, you're going around trying to get somebody to help you because you are just in desperate need and you're looking for doctors to help you or you're looking, a lot of people do this in their spiritual walk. They, they roam around looking to everybody trying to find somebody that'll help them and they go to one person, they don't help them, so they go to somebody else. What they need to do is what this lady did. Let's look at what she did. So she's, she's, she spent all her money on doctors. Nobody could help her. She's continually grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, I love that, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak or his garment. In this, I've got the New American Standard Version. In verse 28, it says, for she thought. But I just want to say that word thought right there is not the word thought. That's in the Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in. That word thought was literally, I'm going to read it how it, was, how it literally reads in the Greek. For she was saying, okay, she was saying. For she was saying, if I touch his garments, I will get well. That word well means saved. It's the same word we see as saved in the, in the, new, in the Gospels. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus perceived, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. So she told him, I've been bleeding for 12 years. I've been going to all these doctors. Nobody could help me. So I said, I, I have to get to you. She told him everything has happened. I'm just recapping what she would have said to him because she, we just found out what happened. I had to get to you. So I fought through this crowd so I could get to where you were because I knew if I could just touch Jesus, I would be healed. So the woman, fearing, trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. It's amazing. This is probably one of the most amazing scriptures to me concerning healing of anything in the Bible. Well, why would you say that? Because Jesus didn't heal her. Jesus didn't heal her. Jesus didn't stop and say, look, I got to heal this lady. Didn't happen. Jesus didn't know who this lady was. He's walking in a crowd so tight that there's people all around him to the point that the disciples say, what do you mean who touched you, Lord? Everybody's touching you. Do you not see the crowds that are pressed around you? We're walking like this trying to go somewhere because everybody wants to be where you are. 
And you're saying, who's touching you? But a woman snuck up. She fought through this crowd. She pushed her way through, and she went in because she was on a mission. It was touch him or die. She was on a mission. There was no plan B. Touch Jesus or die. And she fought through those crowds, and she reached in and touched him. And when she touched what she had said with her mouth, if I can just touch him, I will be healed. Healing virtue came out of Jesus without his permission or his knowing that it was coming forth. Did y'all hear what I just said? Healing power came out of Jesus and he didn't give it permission to go. Her faith drew it out of him to the point that he had to stop because he felt healing come out of him. Is that not amazing? We read the story and we go over it and we don't even stop to think about what the implications are. Jesus didn't heal her. Her faith in Jesus healed her. Now, when I start talking about this, I know what's going on for some of you. Your conditions, your issues are coming up before your mind and the past disappointments and the things that you had believed God for and they haven't happened. I understand that, okay? What I'm asking you to do with me over the next few weeks, but especially today, is to take every experience you had previously to this point and just set it on a shelf. Can you do that with me just for a few minutes or for for today and just take all your experiences, all your disappointments, all your pain of being let down and not seeing what you thought you should see and just set that aside so that we can do something together and that's just look at Jesus. Not looking at our experience, let's set that aside and let's just gaze on who Jesus is and who he was because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So I'm asking you to go with me on a journey a minute, maybe for a few weeks even, and let's just look at who Jesus is. Not your experience, y'all with me? Who he is. I want to see him. And what I believe will happen is as we begin to get past of looking at our disappointments and just start gazing on who he is, and we start getting the veils torn off, and as we see him, we're going to realize something, and something's going to come alive in us, and it's going to be faith, because faith comes from seeing him. So here this lady is. She's in the middle of a crowd that just stopped, right? You got a crowd moving along, everybody's moving, all of a sudden there's stoppage. Everyone stops. And why are they stopped? Because Jesus stopped. And he turned to see who touched him. Who had power come up, draw power out of him? And what does he say to her? He said, daughter, your faith, not my faith, not Peter's faith, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Everybody in the crowd 
stopped and listened to this lady's testimony. Everyone that was in earshot of this saw a lady get healed by, her, by touching the hem of Jesus' garments. It's amazing. Now, here's what... If, if her faith is what drew healing out of Jesus, that's a precedent. Y'all understand precedent? If there's a precedent, God's not a, he's not, he's not, God's not sitting here, well, I'll do this for you or I won't, but I won't do it for you. He's, he's fair. He's just. He'll do it for anybody. It was her faith that drew something out of Jesus. I believe that. My faith in Jesus will release healing into my life. I am standing here today needing healing and have needed for a while. <laughs> okay? But I'm looking at who he is. I'm not talking about my experience right now. I'm talking about who he is. And the Bible says he's the same yesterday and today and forever. Her faith drew healing out of Jesus because if you puncture an orange and start squeezing, what comes out? Orange juice. Because it's an orange. Well, if you touch Jesus, what came out? Healing. Why is that? Because he's a healer. Do you realize that in the scriptures, and I dare you to prove me wrong, I've spent all of my 20s, 30s, and 40s, and I'm approaching the 50s, not quite there, but I'm getting close, spending hours and hours a day studying the scriptures and studying healing specifically. So I'm not talking to you as someone who hasn't done his homework. I know what the scripture says about healing. I've looked at it backwards and forwards, and I'm not saying that I got it all figured out. I don't. I'm not saying I, I don't have things to learn. I do. I'm just saying I'm not standing here as somebody that hadn't searched and been diligent to search. The word is clear about healing. And Jesus is the healer. Every, and prove me wrong. Here's where I want to try to get you to prove me wrong. Find the place in the Bible where someone came to Jesus for healing and didn't get healed. It doesn't exist. It's not in there. Well, if Jesus is perfect theology, what does that mean? If Jesus is the revelation of the Father to us, what does that mean? I'm not asking you about your experiences. I'm looking at Jesus today. What does the Bible reveal to us about who he is? He healed everybody that came to him in faith. And I say that in faith because every single one of them got healed, but he constantly admonished to have faith. Go, your faith has made you well. The, the guy, that, when he came off the Mount of Transfiguration, and he says, Lord, if you can help me, please help me. He's, Lord, he's like, Lord's like, if I can help you. He's like, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible for him to believe. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is telling this dude that he needs to believe? How can I believe for Jesus' healing to affect my life if it's not God's will to heal me? 
How can I possibly, when Jesus admonished faith, when he was astonished at the centurion's faith, when he was astonished at the doubt and unbelief in his hometown, when he was blown away at, at faith and he required it at every step of the way, go, your faith has made you whole. Do not doubt, just believe. Whoever has a faith like a mustard seed says this mountain be taken up and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart it shall be granted him all things you ask for in prayer. Believe that you have received it and it shall be granted to you. Jesus admonished faith and he said, don't doubt, just believe. All things are possible in belief. How can anybody have faith when it comes to healing, which is the the context of all Jesus is addressing faith. He addressed faith in healing. How could we possibly be expected to believe God for healing if there's still a question about whether or not it's God's will to heal? How can I believe God wants me whole? How can I have faith for God to heal me if I'm still questioning, well, I'm not sure if it even is God's will to heal me. How do you do that? You can't. So for us to, to, to look at the fact that Jesus required faith, he admonished it, it caused him to marvel over and over and over again, and I dare you, triple dog dare you, and the, as, as Ralphie learned to know, uh, I triple dog dare you to search every time Jesus healed and what was said and what was done in the New Testament. Do it. Prove me wrong. I triple dog dare you. I quadruple dog dare you. You can't believe Jesus for healing by faith if you're questioning whether or not it's even his will to heal. It is Jesus' will to heal. When the leopard came to Jesus, and you, if you read this in the... Um, uh, the Weiss translation of the Bible, which is kind of like an amplified, but what it does is it, it's a direct translation from the Greek manuscripts, which were the, the New Testament was written in, and it uses every word that's needed to convey what that Greek word conveys. And in that, if you, if you haven't seen the Weiss translation of the New Testament, check it out, it's pretty cool. Uh, but in the Weiss translation, when the leopard comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you are willing you can heal me. Jesus said to him, I am willing with all my heart. And he reached out and touched him and the leopard was cleansed. I'm willing with all my heart. I could preach healing from Genesis all the way to Revelations, but today I just want to look at Jesus. So we're going to continue on with Jesus What's amazing about this woman, and this is what I want to do with the rest of the service, and kind of kill two birds with one stone. I saw something I never saw before. This is so cool. Now remember, the lady pressed through the crowd. She touched the hem of his garment. It stopped the crowd. She told her story right in front of everybody, and they saw this lady get healed and the Lord to bless her and say, go, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Turn over a few chapters. There's actually one chapter or two chapters. Let's see, what chapter was I even in? That was five. Uh, let's see, I got to find it. One chapter. 
chapter 6. The end of chapter 6. We'll start in verse 53. I'll give you another second to get there if you're getting there. Chapter 6 of Mark, verse 53. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And they got out of the boat. Immediately the people recognized him and ran about the whole country and began to carry here and there on their pallets those who were sick to the place they heard he was. Okay, so Jesus is coming. Well, what is it about Jesus? They brought the mats out, the sick. Man, they were, they were like, man, you know, they didn't have hospitals back then. They didn't have modern medicine. God bless them. I'm so thankful for modern medicine. I'm not against modern medicine. But I'm also, I want to I wanna tap into something higher. They're bringing everybody out. And wherever he entered villages or cities or countryside, they were laying the sick in the marketplaces and imploring him that they may just touch the fringe of his cloak. And as many as touched it were being cured. Y'all see that? I don't know if y'all see that. A chapter before, something was unprecedented. It had never happened before. A lady pressed through the crowd, got to Jesus, and touched the hem of his garment and saw healing come out of him. A chapter later, all the towns and villages everywhere are now trying to press in and touch the hem of his garment. What does that tell us? This lady's breakthrough through faith not just healed her, it released healing to everyone that heard about it. Why is that? It released faith for them to put into action to get to Jesus. Her breakthrough, her faith, released faith to a group of people that wherever Jesus went, people were pressing in now to touch his cloak. And everyone that touched it were being cured. I just want to say to us that sometimes in our process of fighting for certain things, it's so much easier because the, the scripture talks about the fight of faith. Faith is, the, is, not, is not easy. It's easier for us to go do something in our own strength to get something to happen than to have to stop and believe God for something that we have no power in of ourselves outside of faith to bring about. It's not. It's just, it's just easier. Faith is hard work in a sense that it, it's harder to, there's something about us that would rather go do something that I can physically do and see than to stop and have to believe. And if that's not, you can see that clearly when the Jews came to Jesus in the book of John and they said, what is the work that God requires? And Jesus turns around and says, could have said anything, but what he says, the work that God requires is that you believe in the Son. Faith is much harder of a road. But man, what victory when we press through the crowds, when we're able to get through all the hindrances that try, and that's what it represents, all the hindrances of our life that keep us from pressing in until we actually touch him. You know, there's lots of hindrances. A TV could be a hindrance. 
Our work can be hindrances. There's all kinds of hindrances. Friendships can be hindered. Anything that slows down our hot pursuit to get into the very presence of Jesus and touch him. I got some things that I've been trying to touch him for in my life. I got them. And I've been praying a lot about them. Me and my dad pray every day, agreeing for his healing of his eyes. Agree for healing in my body. And we pray every day. Let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to get healed. My dad's going to get healed. You know why? I ain't stopping. I'm going to press through the crowds until I touch his garment and healing flows. And I'll either die praying with him every day and he'll die or the healing will come. And I know the healing will come. But I'm not going to stop. I'm going to press through some crowds till I get to him. Her faith, her breakthrough, release faith and breakthrough for other people. So, with that in mind, I just want to recap 2022. You know, when Jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves, you know what he did? It was the same thing he did with every food. He gave thanks. When we give thanks for the little that God does, God in turn multiplies it. I want to give thanks for the healings that Jesus did in our congregation in 2022. And I just want to remind us of them. Some of these I'm just going to share because some of these people aren't here. Uh, And I wanted to see if James, I know you have a lot of testimonies of healing. Maybe he could give a few examples of healings that he's seen because I know James sees a lot of healing on the streets. And what this does is it builds our faith. As we hear the woman with the issue of blood or, or in our case, the people in our midst, who have had struggles and seen Jesus heal us, it releases faith as we give thanks for it. Ruffin, y'all haven't seen Ruffin in a while because he has a uh, business um, uh, counseling people on Sunday mornings, and he has a home church that he goes to not on Sunday mornings. But Ruffin was, before he had that job, he was here. And... um, uh, that morning when I was preparing for my sermon, I had a vision of him with a, a knee brace on his knee. And I came in, and during the service, I shared it with him. And I said, man, I saw you with a, a knee brace. Some of you remember this. Uh, on your knee, I believe the Lord's healing your knee. Do you have pain in that knee? Well, he came and told me that later on that day that nobody knew that. He hadn't even told his mom, who apparently he, he is his greatest confidant, no one knew that he was, had an issue with his knee, but he had been having a lot of pain with it. He said that after I said that, and it's just the, the, it's the Holy Spirit, I'm not, I mean, it's the, it's the Lord. But after I said that, he said he got healed because he couldn't bend down and do stuff. He said it was, he started testing it. It was totally healed. Praise God. There was a word of knowledge that came forth last year for knees that came forward a few times. There was a lady in her back. I know her uh, pretty well because I've just built a house for her. Her name's Terry Sanchez. She comes from a Catholic background. Because I was building her house, she wanted to come check out our church. So she, if y'all remember her, she was from Guam. She sat in the back so around where Margaret's sitting right now, and she sat there every, every week for a number of months. When we gave that word of knowledge about knee healing, uh, she got pr- she got prayed for, and she called me the next week to say that she could you know she's in her sixties and she said she could not do this 
and get back up by herself. She couldn't do it because she had so much pain in her knee. She was 100% healed. I asked for Charlene to be here. I was hoping Charlene was going to be here today because she was telling me this testimony. I called out back curvatures and back issues and back alignments one time. And I went around and was praying for people. And when I came and laid my hands on her back, it startled her. But she also got shocked when I touched her, if I'm remembering this correctly. And she said she had a, some kind of bulge in her back and she was in agony. She didn't even want to go to church that day. But she felt like the Lord told her if she would go to church that day, he would heal her. And I went, and when I touched her, she said something hit her back, and that thing went into place, and all of a sudden, her pain's been gone. It's amazing. If there's people here today, it's just a few, who else? Uh, your daughter. You want to tell that? Or do you want to tell it? Who should tell it? Who wants, who, Paul, who, who you want to do it? <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys remember that one Sunday where, uh, I mean, the Lord was moving in worship and it was specifically healing and I had everybody come up who needed healing and, and everybody was getting prayed for and Annabelle uh, had uh, like a bunch of warts on her, her hands and she got prayed for. I think, Heather, you prayed for her, right? Or you and someone else prayed for her. And you went back to the bathroom and, and some of the warts had disappeared. And then in the next following week or two, they all disappeared, right? And, um, you know, so yeah, praise God. That's awesome. Warts disappearing. Warts disappearing. Come on. Last, well, I would say for the last like four years, my dad had been monitored for macular generation in that same service where there was that word about healing. My dad went up and he was prayed for and the last eye exam um, before, you know, like I think it was like three months later that he passed away. They, they took the picture that they do and everything, and they're like, you, you don't have any macular degeneration in your eye. He's like, what? Are you, are you sure? It's like, no, it's completely gone. And, and then um, just one, one more thing. Um, I I've had this kind of, like, kind of like almost like a scab that wasn't going away in my arm, and it was kind of a little painful, a little itchy, and, and Travis and, and Paul prayed for me. And I would say, like, the next day had completely gone away. And so, so God, is, God is working. If I can use your dad as an example, the Lord knew he was going to heaven in, what, three or four months later. He knew that. But it still moved God's heart to heal him. Can we hear that? God wants healing. We're all going to die. I hear people say, well, that's just, you know, that's just, you know, sickness is just part of life. We're all going to die. He knew this man was going to die in three to four months. He knew it. He knew everything. He still healed him. That's our God. He loves healing. He loves it. That's why he healed everybody. Jesus is the healer. Man, that's so awesome. James, you got some stories? Um, I, uh, it's all right. yeah, I got James, James, he's so touched by the goodness of God. It gets him emotional. So I, I see, I see healings every day, every week. Like I just do. Um, 
and I don't want to come against what you were just saying about the Samaritan woman, but in our heads, we get caught up in being the Samaritan woman, being that person, pressing through to get what you need. But you can't identify with that person because that person wasn't born from above like you are. You're just like Jesus is. You carry that. So that's what's in my head when I go out and I see lumps disappear when I put my hand on them. Because as he is, so am I. Because I believe in him and he lives in me and we're one and we go out and wreck the devil's world. Because I'm not thinking, man, I'm so not worthy. You know, I can't do this. I know I can't do this. I know it's all him anyway. But my mindset isn't, I want to get closer to him. My mindset is more of, we're one, and, I, and it is your will that this woman be well. And I see it. I see, I see people get out of wheelchairs. I see ears open. Give us the top two best healings you've seen in the last year. I prayed for a woman the other day with uh, physical lumps in the backs of her hands she had. Really bad arthritis. She couldn't open or close her hands. Um, she was a believer, raised in Baptist church, and I just said, hey, well, that's easy. This is easy for Jesus. And, and I just put my hands on her, and I didn't even say anything. I just knew. I just, you know, you know like when you, you just know that you know that that's going to happen. And um, I took my hands off her hand the first time, and the lump visibly went down, and she had a little bit more feeling in her hand. Um, and, then, and then I just got a, a, like, a thought in my head that I know it wasn't my thought, but I wrestled with, is this my thought or is this the Lord telling me? And I, sa I said, you have a bunch of bitterness on you. There's something that you have not forgiven somebody for from a long time ago. And she started crying and was like, it's been like 15 years and I've tried to forgive him. I really have, but I just can't seem to let it go. And I said, well, let's just verbalize it together. We verbalized it. I prayed for her again. No words. I didn't command it to go, nothing. And the lump disappeared and she had full mobility of her hands. We both cried. It was like... Thank you. It was great. It's it, it's always great. Yeah. But uh, it's what you were saying earlier. You know, it's like it's it. It has to be repeated. It's like the Karate Kid. You paint the fence, paint the fence, paint the fence. You sand the fence, you sand the fence, sand the fence. At the end, you know karate. It's the same thing. You hear <laughs> you are. You believe you become one with him, and you can operate like he operates on this earth, wherever you go. You don't have to pray for the sick. You walk in a room, sick people, sick people start getting healed. It just happens because you, in your heart of hearts, you believe 
what Jesus said about you. Amen. Is it, do you have a healing testimony? Okay. Many of you know me. I am Detra uh, Simpson. I used to be the girl walk up and down the street that used to be real bad on crack cocaine. Well, I am now delivered from crack cocaine. I have been clean now uh, two and a half, going on three months, and I would like to thank, apologize to the church and Pastor Travis for disrespecting the Lord's house, but now I am asking for forgiveness, and I am looking for a church home so I can continue praising the Lord and just go on with my recovery. Uh, praise the Lord. You are 100% forgiven, and we love you, and you're welcome here anytime. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Maybe one or two more quick testimonies. Uh, when Deidre... I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I remember praying. We we prayed together a couple of times. Anybody else here pray for Deidre along along the journey? Come on! Like I didn't necessarily feel anything when we prayed those times, but to see you here now, it just stirred me up. So that's really, really, really incredible. Uh, I had two personal healings in my body. I was just kind of processing, and the, one of them was I had a sciatic nerve pinched thing in my about nine months. And I couldn't drive, play the drums without excruciating pain, couldn't surf, play tennis or anything. And uh, I just remember after about nine months of it, I just had this moment with God. And I think along in those nine months, those thoughts of like, well, you know, maybe I'm supposed to learn a lesson through this pain. Maybe this is, you know, God wants me to whatever. There's a little, you can kind of spiritualize some doubt sometimes. <laughs> and I just remember having this moment with the Lord where I was just, me and him, and it was, this is going to sound very immature, it's going to sound very raw, but this is the moment I had, and I was like, I can't believe you actually expect me to raise my kids to believe in a God that wouldn't even heal me, and as soon as I said, I started bawling, and it was like, even in that moment of raw, it seemed like just, a, just, just nasty, just seemed very immature, in that moment, I began to weep because I felt something towards a God that wasn't distant. I actually felt emotion with the Lord. I felt anger to the point of tears. And there was this moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I said that, Lord. But even in that moment, I felt like that was faith because the Lord was like, spoke to me. I heard the Holy Spirit say, you can't be angry with someone you don't have a relationship with. And within two weeks of that, my entire condition went away. I was totally healed after going to a chiropractor and a doctor that said I need surgery or this, 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 and this. Within, within two weeks of that, I was miraculously healed. So I encourage you, get with the Lord. Tell him how you feel. Do not allow doubt to become some sort of spiritual trophy. It's not. Right. It's not. Just get rid of it. That's right, man. Thank you. That's great. All right. Oh, yeah, Mountain Bird. I have seen so many healings. I'm waiting for my own healing, but I'm going to tell you about an experience I had with a healing for me. I was a missionary in um, 
Ghana. And I had gone on this ride. The, the ruts in the road are like three feet wide and I don't know how many feet deep. And we went on a long bus ride. And by the end of it, I couldn't hardly stand up. And, you know, I had to have a lot of healing. But, and by the time I got home from that whole mission week and then the a bus ride back again, I couldn't stand up or sit down without holding my back because the vertebrae were like, I don't know, the way they were hitting. I had to pull them apart with my fingers on my back to stand up or sit down whenever I had to move a position. And I was over there teaching from kindergarten through high school. And I was walking up and down the stairs, and all day long I moved up and down these tile stairs, carrying art supplies, going to every classroom. And I said to the Lord, you know, it was a break on Christmas, and I had about a week to go back to school. And I said, Lord, you brought me here. You brought me here as a missionary to do this work. And um, I said, I can't do it like this. So I said, Lord, you, you have to heal me, or I, I just can't do this. And he did. <laughs> Amen. You know, um, I, I love the chosen. Um, you got a, a, a quick testimony? All right. May I give a testimony that happened about 81 years ago? Oh, <laughs> um, my mom was in church. She was in a Lutheran church. And the pastor was preaching about the woman with the blood flow that would not stop in that. And, and then he said, and she felt all of a sudden like she was all alone in the church. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And she thought, God can heal Janice. What did I have? I had, I was six months old, and I, my tear ducts had never opened. And so I couldn't cry tears. And so when she said that, in faith, you know, God can do this, you know. And she, I woke up the next morning and she had to call the doctor to tell him the news because the change had begun. My tears came in. And you can ask my son, Joel, if I'm a crier. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's great to hear testimonies. They build your faith. And, and faith is how we please God. Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please God without faith. Faith pleases the Lord. And, uh, and that's why I say it's... The faith is not believing that God can do something. Any Christian believes God can. It's believing that he will. That's what faith is. Believing that he loves you enough that he will heal you. He loves you. And doctrines of demons are these doctrines that try to somehow spiritualize certain truths, sometimes twisting the truth. Sometimes the truth is true, but it's twisted in order to somehow help us feel good about like Josh said doubt and unbelief okay I'm just learning a lesson Lord's trying to teach me something you know this is the Jesus of the Bible I'm sorry y'all be 
just real quick, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Just hang on. This is worth it. This is worth it. If you look up, and I'm doing this real quick, punch in my Greek 2323, and that's a message in of itself. I'm just going to rattle these off. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manners of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame, this is Mark, uh, Matthew 4, 24, and his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with di- divers, diseases and torments and, w- and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had palsy and he healed them. This is King James, unfortunately. Uh, and Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Matthew eight sixteen. When the evening was come, he brought on them many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Everybody say all. All. <laughs> Matthew 9.35, and Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Every sickness among the people. I could go on. This is just the first page of a number of scriptures that you go through the gospels. Jesus healed them all. If you question Whether or not it's God's will to heal you, how can you have faith to be healed? And I hope I've made that point today. We've got to get this thing settled in our heart because the enemy steals it when we're going through the battle. When we're trying to fight to believe God, when we're fighting through the crowds, the enemy tries to steal it from us. And once we see him as the healer, we can receive healing for ourselves. And then what did Jesus say? This is where we get from what I'm saying to where James is saying, freely you have received, freely give. Once you realize you've received healing, you have been healed, there's a faith. Man, God did it for me. He'll do it for anybody. And God does want us to get to where James is talking about, where we're going out and we're healing the sick. But right now, I'm just focusing on Jesus. Let's just focus on him for a few weeks and see.